Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Another edition of Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you so much for tuning in, and always remember to please share our podcast on your social media. And as we have been shadow banned by Facebook, we like to encourage you to go directly to our page and uh, get our podcasts out there. If you believe in what we're doing, if you believe in standing up for the truth, uh, the subject today, at least in the first half of this podcast, is education. We're also talking about the recent UN Climate Summit with a very special guest, and we'll get to that in a minute. Father in heaven, thank you so much for us giving us another day to live to breathe, to, to hopefully impact those around us with Jesus, with the love of Jesus, with the truth of the gospel. Lord, help us to live it and not just speak it. Help us be doers of your word and not just hearers only. Uh, give us discernment we need and the wisdom we need, Lord, to live in these dark times in this world where it just seems like truth has been redefined, common sense is being thrown out the window, and uh, God, moral relativism is reigning, and we really need um, strength, and, and uh, uh, we really need your help to speak into these things, to speak truth into these things, and try to get as many people informed and educated and aware and hopefully saved as many as we can. Uh, thank you for this hour. Your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for your faithfulness, and we know, God, that you can use whoever will be available to you, and we want to be available and uh, we lift up this hour to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, today's guest, Alex Newman, an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, and consultant, he's back with us. He, like many of us, we seek to glorify God and, and everything he does, and he's an education writer for Freedom Project Media. In fact, uh, the producer of Freedom Project just texted me a couple minutes ago knowing that Alex was going to be on with us, and uh, one of the... One of the articles that Alex did recently had, what was it, 223,000 views. Oh, my goodness. So he writes some, some amazing stuff and detailed, and he's a foreign correspondent for the New American Magazine and also a contributor to the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief. Alex has a BS degree in journalism with an emphasis on economics and international relations. He's lived in eight countries, happily married with four children. And I'm sure they're homeschooled children. Alex Newman, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Thank you so much for having me, brother. It's a pleasure. And yes, you are right. My children are definitely homeschooled. <laughs> you couldn't pry them loose from me. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. With all that you've written about and all that you've shared with us in the past, uh, we, we had, I think we've had you on a couple times now. I can't imagine you guys doing anything else other than taking that control back from the government and uh, in, in educating your own children. But we've got a couple articles here that you've written. Before we get to those, well, one of them is about, uh, well, they're both kind of about global warming and climate change and extremism and alarmism, what they're teaching our kids. But you recently, I mean, just got back from Madrid, and you were in Spain for the Climate Summit. Now, is this the UN Climate Summit? Please tell us about it. Yeah, well, thank you very much, David. I did just get back recently from Madrid. They were having the 25th Conference of the Parties there. So every year, the United Nations brings together all the governments and dictators of the world, and uh, they basically work on uh, planning for the future, right? What are we going to do with all of Americans' money? Uh, what kind of new policies are we going to advance? So... Um, there was almost no media coverage of this in the United States, and I mean almost nothing. Right. It was like a, a deliberate blackout, and I think that was very deliberate. Uh, you know, they were they were saying things that were absolutely bonkers, uh, things that you know even liberals and progressives would be like, "Wait a minute, really?" So uh, it, it was a, a UN climate summit, the 25th, and um, they they are um, you know moving forward with all kinds of these wacky ideas, and they think it's just a waiting game until they can get rid of Trump, and then they will. Uh, get us back in the trap. So. Well, this is a, interesting. It's not surprising that the media in America didn't cover this. And uh, I know cover is not the right word, but you know what I mean. And, and, for, and you say it's by design or deliberate. I agree. Um, but they're just trying to you know, push this agenda and maybe make some progress over there at these climate summits. But just knowing that 
from what I read in your article, I was really disappointed or disturbed, really, the amount of money and taxpayer money from the U.S., but also money just the U.N. is delegating money to go to some of these countries under the guise of, um, you know, whatever it is, these uh, climate, uh, what, what do they call them? Well, they have slush funds. They're going to some of these developing countries to uh, to fight climate change. I don't get it, but could you enlighten us a little bit more from the maybe the beginning of that summit, how they introduced some of these ideas, and uh, why people are just going along with this maybe blindly? Yeah, well, thank you, David. And so uh, this Green Climate Fund, they call it, the GCF, actually had its genesis back in 2015 in Paris. I was at that climate summit as well. Uh, that's the one where Obama showed up as, uh, you know, the pseudo-messiah of the world to save the climate from evil human beings, those right. terrible sinners with our giant carbon footprints. And um, they, they decided on this idea that, hey, uh, you know, we need to bring all the, the third world governments of the world on board. And, um, you know, what are we going to do for them in exchange for having them keep their population? in perpetual poverty. Well, we need to offer them something. You know, they want their people to develop, at least so they can tax them more and buy nicer limousines and better, uh, you know, bombs and things like that. So they settled on this idea of a green climate slush fund where they take $100 billion every year. That's their figure, not mine. Uh, almost exclusively from Western, you know, developed nations. And really, that means America. Uh, the Western Europeans will throw in a little bit, and the Japanese will probably throw in a little bit for good measure, and maybe the Canadians and the Australians. But uh, then they were going to take all this money and use it as kind of a bribe pot to bring all the third world governments on board. So, mm. hey, you know, you keep your people in poverty. Don't build any power plants. You know, keep them living in mud huts and cooking their food on cow dung. And uh, in exchange, we will send you, you know, pick a number. And um, we're seeing that now. Uh, in fact, one of the articles we just recently broke, uh, I think we were the first ones in the United States to cover this story. And I've been in communication with people in the Trump administration. They're working on getting this stopped. But uh, the Green Climate Slush Fund is sending a large sum of money and a whole bunch of experts over to North Korea to uh, rocket man, as, uh, as our president calls it, so that he can fight global warming, quote unquote. Uh, really, it's just, uh, you know, to prop up his regime. They've been doing this for a long time. But this is the kind of stuff we're seeing all over the world. And uh, they do that so that they can get all these third world dictators to sign on the dotted line in terms of these global climate agreements that they're trying to create. Well, Alex, can you uh, enlighten me, uh, not understanding, maybe some of our listeners uh, in the audience, too, don't fully understand how our tax dollars, how any of our tax dollars are going to the U.N., for one thing. Secondly, to a, a nation like North Korea, um, I don't think many Americans would approve of that. Can you explain how, why, how this is done, why this is done? Yeah, there are so many funding streams from the American taxpayer to the U.N. that pretty much nobody on the planet knows all of them. Um, the State Department tried to do a rough estimate, and they figured out that the U.S. government was sending about $10 billion a year, uh, give or take a few billion, uh, to the United Nations every year. And uh, during Obama's administration, he actually, in flagrant violation of federal law, we have a, a federal law in the books. We've had it since Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush. Uh, both of them signed legislation on this issue saying that the U.S. government cannot give money to any international organization that accepts the so-called state of Palestine as a member. And, uh, of course, the GCF and the UNFCCC, which oversees the UN uh, climate activities, both have accepted the state of Palestine as a member, making it completely illegal to send money. And yet Obama was funneling billions of dollars into this green climate fund, billions of dollars into the UFCCC, uh, the, that's the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. And um, they use that then. They take all this money, first of all, to put on these conferences and then to redistribute to the uh, third world governments of the world. And, of course, to pay themselves nice salaries and fly around the world to exotic locations. But, it, you know, I think the easiest way to understand this, Trump called it a hoax, the, the man-made global warming hypothesis. I think a fraud is actually a better term, hmm. uh, criminal scam yes. might be, uh, you know, appropriate terminology. Yes. Um Alex, there's another article that's connected to your article at The New American that's uh, titled, Obama Illegally Sends Huge Check to U.N. Climate Fund and Then Lies. Of course, this was during the Obama administration. We know how much money, uh, billions of dollars, he gave to Iran in the Iran deal. But I don't think many people know that he uh, sent any funds 
over to the United Nations for, let alone designated as a climate fund. At least um, most of us don't aren't aware of that or weren't aware of that. Isn't that illegal? And why wasn't he held accountable? It was a flagrant violation of federal law. In fact, we were some, we were one of the few publications. We were actually the first publication to report on this, and some others picked it up later. But. Um, I, I mentioned that statute, that we have two statutes that we've had on the books for decades where you're not allowed to send any American tax money to organizations that accept the state of Palestine as a member. And this was done as a measure to support Israel. And uh, Obama knew that and sent this money anyway. So I contacted the State Department. I said, hey, guys, you know, the law says you're not allowed to do that. What's going on here? And they gave me, people can read the article, they made, gave me the most idiotic response. They said, well, technically the UNFCCC is not actually an organization. It's uh, more of a treaty. And so we're just sending money to a treaty, not to an organization. Oh my and I goodness. did some quick research. No, actually, the UNFCC has a secretariat. It's based in Bonn, Germany. It is an organization by any definition of the term. It has member states. So um, Obama sent a bunch of our money over there illegally. He even diverted some of the money from fighting Zika. You know, they said, oh, we need to fight Zika. Give us more money. So Congress gave him money, and then he sent some of that to the U.N. So this is flagrant lawlessness. Uh, and, of course, the, the Republican Congress did absolutely nothing to hold them accountable. They'd rather fund Planned Parenthood. So, uh, you know, we're still stuck where we are with the U.N. spending all our money on all kinds of crazy projects like the fighting global warming in North Korea. Wow. This is so wrong, and I'm glad we're sharing this uh, with the Stand Up for the Truth audience. Uh, a couple organizations we need to know a little bit about that you talk about in your article, the GCF, which is the Green Climate Fund. Also, there's um, another one. Where was it? Um, well, of course, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, or the FAO. And let's stop right there, though. I wanted to ask you about that. You called the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. It sounds like a good thing, but you you called it, you described it as being scandal-plagued, and then you mentioned that it was run by a Brazilian communist, and they got some of our money, too, millions of dollars, uh, via the Green Climate Fund. Can you put those pieces together for us? Yeah, thank you so much, David. Now, you know, I'm actually really proud. Of, I know you're not supposed to be proud of your own stuff, but I'm really proud of all this original reporting we did over at The New American. Uh, this is groundbreaking stuff. It's the only place you'll read it, aside from some others who picked it up from us. But the FAO is actually currently run by a communist Chinese agent. He's a member of the Communist Chinese Party. His name is Q, Q-U. And uh, he took over from another communist, uh, a Brazilian Marxist named uh, Jose Graziano. And uh, this is a guy who spent his time basically funneling American money to communist dictatorships. He sent $250 million through the Green Climate Fund uh, via FAO, the Food and Agriculture Organization, to the communist dictator of Bolivia, who has since been uh, ousted. His name is Evo Morales. Uh, and, I mean, the, the scandals go so deep. Actually, I was in Rome, uh, which is where the FAO is based, and I interviewed the head of a newspaper there. It's called the Italian Insider. Uh, Graziano was really mad that this little Italian newspaper was exposing his criminal activities, and so they tried to get him thrown in jail. Um, Italy still has some fascist-era, these really archaic laws that allow you to uh, put people in jail for so-called defamation, and truth is not a defense. Right? <laughs> so uh, this guy tried to get a newspaper editor thrown in prison for exposing some of these scandals. He was also, Graziano, was giving uh, diplomatic immunity to his criminal buddies in South America. Uh, the hammer was dropping on his uh, little Marxist network down there called the Foro de Sao Paulo. They were getting arrested right and left, including the guy who appointed him, uh, the former president of Brazil, uh, Lula, uh, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, a uh, member of this communist network founded by Castro. And so to protect all these guys from prosecution, he was handing them ridiculous fake posts at the U.N. Food and Agriculture Organization, you know, consultant this, uh, advisor that, so they would have diplomatic immunity and couldn't be arrested by authorities in their home country. Crazy stuff. The scam goes so deep. Uh, the Trump administration knows about some of this, but for some reason we're still involved in a lot of these organizations. All right, let's talk about North Korea for a minute and still with, under the subject of the FAO, uh, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. In North Korea, literally millions of North Korean people have died from famine and hunger-related diseases since the mid-1990s. You document that in this article. And they're getting millions of dollars from the Green Climate Fund or their, uh, the FAO. They're getting millions of dollars and under the guise of um, help, what does it say, uh, develop, development, where did I read that? 
the climate change was to blame their, for the death of these citizens. That's the, what North Korea claims, that climate change is to blame. So they're getting money from the U.N., but it's their own doing that their citizens are dying. That's right. Uh, you know, everybody with a brain knows that communism is a total failure, right? It's idiotic. God ordained private property for a reason. Um, and collective farming, of course, has never worked and never will work. Um, and in North Korea, that has proven to be even more true than other places because the dictator is so powerful there and it's hard for people to even do things on the black market. So uh, millions of North Koreans have starved as a result of these policies. And so Kim Jong-un and his dad before him, Kim Jong-il, decided, hey, let's, uh, let's blame America and global warming for this starvation. Wow. And, uh, and, of course, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, CO2, if, if you do have higher concentrations in the atmosphere, makes crops grow better. Uh, if the world was truly getting warmer, that would mean longer growing seasons. That would mean crops would grow better. And that's what we're seeing around the world. We're actually seeing increased crop yields. And yet in North Korea, they're saying, oh, our farms don't work because of, uh, of America's CO2 emissions. Give us money. Um, totally totally crazy uh, of course communism is the problem and and um, you know everybody should understand that but you no know, it's easier to blame global warming and then extract a bunch of money from the west and you mentioned uh, let's see someone named uh, John Burton he's a columnist John Burton with the Financial Times almost celebrate the fact that millions are dying or poverty is causing is being caused by the communism in North Korea but he says it's a good thing for the global warming agenda and, and he said North Korea is economic backwardness is another advantage. This is John Burton in the Korea Times, in the Financial Times, and um, what well, they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to push the, the uh, Green New Deal, I guess, right? That's right. And, uh, you know, this is actually very typical of the U.N. rhetoric, right? Just the other day, a study came out saying that Cuba was the most sustainably developed country in the world. Well, the average salary in Cuba is about $10 a month. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they're hungry and they're poor and their mm-hmm. buildings are falling apart and the floors are falling out from their apartments. Um, and, you know, this is very typical. And then they say, well, this is good, right, because they're not uh, emitting CO2 emissions. We should have everybody live like that, except, of course, the elites who go to these climate summits and show up in private jets and fleets of limousines, feast on caviar and steaks and champagne, and then lecture us all to ride our bicycles. Um, it, it really is grotesque when you realize the, the situation of most people on this planet, and then you see these uh, global warming dignitaries running around the world in uh, first class or, or even private jets uh, feasting at taxpayer expense. It's unbelievable. We're speaking with Alex Newman of the Newman Report and Freedom Project Media and The New American. And you end this article, Alex, um, uh, under the guise of fighting, quote, global warming. The U.N. has been getting away with all sorts of criminal activities, extorting Western taxpayers, expanding its power, bullying industry, further infringements on liberty and free markets, brainwashing children with, quote, climate education, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about after we take our break in just a minute here. But is there uh, anything else that you would like to add to the what we've just talked about, the uh, Green Climate Fund and uh, the situation with North Korea and um, the UNFAO? Because uh, I know you were just at the climate summit. Are some of these things fresh in your mind that you wanted to share with us before we take a break? Yeah, well, I hope people will go read these articles. And what you need to know, you know, from this climate summit is that they are pursuing global taxes on your CO2 emissions. And remember, you exhale CO2. Uh, they're pursuing drastic population control. They think there's too many of us, and they want to mm. dramatically reduce the number of people on the planet. And they plan to brainwash your children to make it all happen. And I know we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. So thank you very much, David. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, Alex Newman, Newman Report. We've got so much more to talk about, including school children being terrorized about death from the uh, well from climate change and, and there some families are trying to fight back but this climate alarmism is going way too far we'll talk more about that and a little bit on education when we come back with alex newman thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast now back to stand up for the truth here's david fiorazzo our guest today alex newman an award-winning international journalist educator author he's with freedom project media and the new american magazine for starters and let's dive right into it alex we've got less than 10 minutes with you um school children have been terrorized because they're hearing lies from teachers about climate change and global warming tell us that you've got one that is based out of madrid and uh, you're talking about a, a situation there where kids were coming home actually in tears tell us about that 
Yeah, so actually, while I was in Madrid, I was contacted by a mother in Canada, and uh, she said that uh, her daughter had come home from school and reported that the, they had showed this video to the children. And, uh, you know, first it was Greta Thunberg, the little Swedish girl with the pigtails, uh, lecturing them all about how we're all doomed and the world is over unless you know, it's all our parents' fault and blah, blah, blah. And uh, then they put on a, a clock up on the screen showing eight years left uh, before we're all dead from this alleged man-made global warming. And so the kids started shrieking, oh, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, please. And uh, they were terrified, and this mm. little girl went home and cried to her mom, mom, they said we're all going to die in eight years. Eight years. So the mom was obviously concerned, went to go talk with other parents, they all reported the same thing. And we found out this is going on all over the world. Yes. In Germany, we found video on the state broadcaster showing uh, little children singing about how their grandmothers were, were pigs because they uh, they drive cars and they eat uh, pork chops. I mean, unbelievable stuff they're doing to our children. And in Madrid, you know, I actually said Al Gore was running around speaking from every stage, and uh, he said, um, you know, it, it might seem bad right now because, you know, Trump's in office and he doesn't believe our global warming stuff, but don't worry, we have all the children, all the children all over the world are marching in our climate justice rallies, and so it's only a matter of time. And that's the plan, right? Brainwash and terrorize the children. That's their strategy. And so the purpose of this, first of all, by the way, um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, I think last year, we had 12 years. Now it's eight years. So I don't know. They're, they're, reduce, they're reducing the time. No wonder kids are upset by this. But um, I know the story uh, you mentioned was out of Toronto. But what, what's, what happens in Europe... And I'll go further and say what happens in Canada doesn't stay in Canada or doesn't stay in Europe. These ideas, these uh, things fall into the – somehow they seep into curriculum in American public schools, don't they, Alex? They absolutely do. And usually they start in California. And just yesterday somebody sent me an article. I'm going to be writing about this soon. Uh, California now has a bill in the legislature, which will almost certainly pass because, you know, California is the land of fruits and nuts after all. <laughs> and uh, mandatory global warming brainwashing for all school children. And, uh, you know, that's what it looks like. You know, I, I was actually uh, living in Sweden when Greta Thunberg became a local celebrity first. And all the kids, you know, they've all been so brainwashed. It's kind of like this giant doomsday cult. Uh, you know, they haven't gotten out the Kool-Aid yet, but that's coming. I mean, these people are absolutely nuts, and uh, they fully intend to take over the planet using this man-made global warming hypothesis as a pretext and brainwashing our children as a means to that end. You, um, obviously, you're well aware of this in all your international travels and your extensive writing, Alex, and I. one of our concerns is the more people blame mankind the more you want to eliminate control the population and uh, you you will see things not only abortion and population control uh, euthanasia um, do you see any of these connections growing with this movement about uh, climate change and the alarmism that's going on Oh, David, yeah. People need to go to the New Americans YouTube channel and see some of the video footage we got. We got people on tape uh, recommending some of the most insane things you can imagine uh, to reduce the population. You know, John Holdren, who was Obama's science star, wrote a book in 1977 called uh, Eco-Science. He wrote it with the neo-Malthusian quack uh, Paul Ehrlich. And uh, they were, back then they were shilling for uh, global cooling, right? Global cooling was going to kill us all at that time. But remarkably, the solution was the same. Uh, give us more money. Give us more power. He, they said we need a planetary regime. They said we should consider forced abortions, even in the United States, and they said they would be constitutional. And they said we should add sterilizing agents to the public water supply to sterilize the population. Wow. And then the government could dispense the uh, antidote to selected parties who are approved for breeding. Um, you know, communist China with the one-child policy. I was at the UN Climate Summit in Copenhagen, and their delegation literally had a presentation about how they had to reduce the population by 300 million. They multiplied that by the average CO2 emissions, and they said, "Look, uh, less global warming because of our, you know, mass murder program." Really, I mean, they're doing forced abortions. They're killing children who've been born without a permit. Um, absolutely crazy stuff. So people should go see these videos of these people talking openly. Uh, you know, they all think there's too many Africans, there's too many Asians. Some of them think there's even too many Europeans. Uh, even though pretty much every European country now has a birth rate low replacement level, they don't think that's going to be fast enough. These people are absolutely nuts, and we've got it on video. Sterilizing agents added to the water supply to reduce or limit population? Did I hear that right? 
That's Obama's science czar, John Holdren. He was the uh, White House uh, director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy. And this is a book he wrote in 1977 called Eco-Science. Again, people can go read this for themselves. It will make you want to puke. But uh, these are the kinds of people mm. who have been running our government mm-hmm. for pretty much generations at this point. It got more extreme under Obama, but uh, they're all over the place now. And these are the kinds of people who go to these U.N. summits. That's why the media won't show it. Interesting. Um, Alex Newman, thenewamerican.com is one of the websites. And uh, if you scroll down to the bottom, they've got a Twitter, a Facebook, a YouTube. You can get the links there at the bottom. They're also, of course, affiliated with Freedom Project Media. I'm blessed to be uh, associated with them as well. Alex, we've got about a minute and a half if you'd like to wrap up with just some closing thoughts and encouragement for parents or concerned citizens on what can we do here in America on our end. I know it seems like our taxpayer dollars go into some of these things to the UN and to climate uh, change. Uh, the, it just seems like it's out of our control. What can we do other than you know, pray, of course, and try to raise awareness about this? Yeah, you know, praying is huge. Uh, understanding what God's Word says about these things is huge, right? God tells us to be fruitful and multiply, not to kill our babies to save mm. the climate. That's ludicrous. Yes. So read your Bible, be in prayer, protect your children, right? Make sure they're getting a good education, not in a government indoctrination center, but in a good Christian school, a good private school, a good home school. And, um, you know, if you want to stay up on all these climate issues and education issues, uh, make sure you're following the New American and Freedom Project media. Uh, you know, we're putting out this information every day, and we depend on... Uh, people listening to this broadcast, just like you, to help us get the information out. You know, the big tech companies aren't going to help us, so it's all on uh, it's all on average everyday Americans who are concerned. So. Yes, thank you, Alex Newman. Uh, thank you so much for. I know you got another interview like in a minute, but we appreciate you squeezing us in this morning. We'll definitely uh, catch up with you again, God willing, in February. God bless you, brother. Thanks for all the work you do. God bless you too. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Alex Newman, the New American Freedom Project Media. And uh, just so much he's got going on. It's just, he travels. I don't know how he, he does it, but he's got a wife and four kids, and he's traveling internationally. And the I didn't even know. We didn't even get the headlines over here in America that there was a U.N. Global Climate Summit in Madrid in Spain that just t- took place. And um, if it weren't for people like uh, Alex Newman, we wouldn't know what these – what kind of ideas are being introduced and what kind of policies are being implemented because it does affect us. Uh, it's a frustrating thing that our tax dollars are going to some of this. I wish we had more information, but we'll take the little that we can get and try to just uh, raise awareness and hopefully some of our representatives will be able to get to the bottom of some of this. Um, not sure it will completely help, but one of the things that we didn't get to, because Alex is an expert on the subject of education and uh, he's written so much um, and he's an author as well. Uh, one uh, idea, not one idea, but one article is called uh, Supreme Court to Decide If Atheism Can Keep Its Monopoly on K-12 through Schools. So uh, this is just a, a recent article here from a couple days ago. Uh, to the Supreme Court, here's a case that could undo a century of decisions that have attacked and undermined religious beliefs. How? By secularizing public education. And I think if you're listening to this program, you kind of go, well, wait a minute. Didn't they already do that? It's done. After all, secularism is not dead. It's alive and well. (laughs) So uh, the U.S. uh, Supreme Court heard a case that could determine whether parents and taxpayers have any choices about the kind of religion American children are taught with taxpayer funds. Okay. Uh, this case was Espinoza versus Montana Department of Revenue. It's uh, concerned about whether private donations may support schools that make their religious beliefs explicit. It could also undo a century of U.S. uh, court and legislative decisions that used uh, animus between Protestants and Catholics to attack the faith of both kinds of Christians or Christian children uh, over the last century. This is just amazing, Um, but we'll find out if they make a decision on this. Um, They're going to decide in this court case. So... um, We're looking at this and going, wow, with all the problems we've got in our public schools, you would think that they would at least be fair to all, quote, religions. But we know they're not. We know they're allowing, for example, Wicca. They teach, I mean, some schools have Harry Potter curriculums. Most parents would look at that knowing the Harry Potter movies and the books and think, oh, that's just innocent. But who's behind that? 
Well, in the public schools, WICA, it's a 501c3. It's a tax-exempt religious organization. So it is a religion. And it's all about witchcraft and the occult. So they're pushing these things to get kids introduced to witchcraft and, quote, magic and all these things. But it is... It is not of God, that's for sure, but they're allowing that kind of stuff in the public schools. You can go to the NEA website, National Education Association. We've talked about this before. You can go to their website, and uh, there's different, uh, I don't know what it's titled, but basically Harry Potter curriculum. They can teach uh, Harry Potter lessons, lesson plans. That's it. So Alex Newman was talking about some of the things and his concerns from as far as climate alarmism. There's so many things that are going on um, that are being taught to our kids, and parents are not notified. More often than not, parents are not notified. You might seem, maybe in your neck of the woods, wherever you live, maybe in your school district, your son or daughter's school district, you're going, no way. My kids come home and they, they tell me what's what they're about to learn. How often does that happen? Let me ask you this now. How often has it happened before? If you have a, now if, big if, you're involved with the school board, you've been to meetings, or if you have a completely open and honest relationship with your children, in other words, they can come home and tell you what's going on in their schools, what they're being taught, what their teachers are saying, uh, you know, in their opinions. Do they do that? How often have you heard them come home and say something and your reaction was, why didn't they tell me as a parent that they were going to teach my son or daughter this, whatever topic? Usually it's something having to do with the radical sex ed in public schools. So to go to an article that's getting a lot of traction here in many media outlets about uh, some parents being unable to opt out of brand new, I mean, this came in last year, Brand new LGBT history instruction in government-run schools, in the public schools. Uh, only three states so far have decided to teach elementary school children. I mean, I think it's all the way up to, what did I see, eighth grade, ninth grade, um, kindergarten through nine, and they're teaching LGBT history in multiple subjects. It began in California, and as Alex Newman mentioned, California is a trend-setting state, like it or not. And a lot of other states will jump on board with this, the latest being New Jersey and Illinois. They're in. According to reports, school districts uh, in Rockland, California, require students in kindergarten through fifth grades uh, in, in California to learn about the contributions of LGBT individuals in history, and they're going to teach in social studies curriculum. Um, many parents are concerned and upset because there is no opt-out for their children. You know, they say they're... <laughs> the left says, oh, they're pro-choice. Right, they're not giving parents a choice here, are they? Um, this is just the beginning, though. Uh, what happens when radicals control the education machine in America is what we are seeing today. Um, so you might ask, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can such a small percentage of people influence the entire curriculum of a school district, a state and I would go a little bit further and say eventually an entire country where public public schools are concerned. Well, we know the answer. Um, California parents protested in this case. They urged the school board not to push it through, and they did anyway. Here's what the parents did. And parents, wherever you're listening from outside of California, take a cue here. If you haven't already opted out by homeschooling your kids, take a cue. Here's what parents in the public schools in California did. When the board approved the new radical curriculum that includes LGBT history, parents of more than 700 students kept their children home to protest. Concerned parents in other states should definitely pay attention here because it's coming to your state. It might even be in some of your school districts. You need to find out. So here's a spokesperson for um, parents of Rockland. Her name is Rachel Crutchfield. She said, we believe that anyone who has made a significant contribu contribution to society should, of course, be included in our history textbooks. However, the concept of sexual orientation is far too complex of a topic for elementary-aged children 
to be introduced to at school. Let's let kids be kids. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, <laughs> that's part of the agenda, isn't it? Reach and indoctrinate kids at the youngest ages possible. You're conditioning them against God, against mom and dad. Uh, for example, a uh, uh, math teacher, Amy Bentley, a, a teacher at Rockland, uh, California, argued in favor of the new gay history and wants it taught at the elementary level because she says, well, many students enter middle school already knowing they're different. <laughs> so what? Define different. So is she suggesting that because these young children think they might be uh, lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, transgender in kindergarten or first or second grade, they think they might... They must be conditioned and reaffirmed immediately. Is that what she's saying? Well, a lot of teachers tend to, they must believe that. But we know the truth. God created them male and female in his image, unique. And yes, God created us different. Um, how do children, young children, know that they're different? We're talking about kindergartens, kindergartners here, first grade, second grade. How do these children know they're different? Obviously, they can see I'm a boy, you're a girl. But how do they know unless adults are teaching them what to believe and what to think? Well, a lot of family groups are alarmed at this, uh, rightly saying that uh, this LGBT history, it contradicts biblical teachings on creation and sexuality. And it will be taught in multiple subjects. It's not just history. Understand this. It's not just in history. And the scope of the changes will impact almost every subject in school. So Illinois, when they joined the party to implement the curriculum, there was some pushback. The Family Policy Alliance, oh, I'm sorry, New Jersey. The Family Policy Alliance of New Jersey launched a petition urging the governor and the legislature to allow parents to opt their children out. Why? Well, these parents object to tax dollars being used for what is basically an assault on religious liberty, as well as the promotion of a controversial worldview. So what did Democrat Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey do? He responded by signing the new legislation requiring public schools to teach children about the contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people. January 4th, just a couple weeks ago, they had a conference in Flemington, New Jersey, and parental rights activists from a grassroots group uh, were there, Protect Your Children, and they testified against the new law. But listen to this closely. The president of the New Jersey Board of Education, Kathy Goldenberg, said the board was not empowered to make any policy changes with regard to the curriculum focused on lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender issues. I'm going to clarify. Here's a quote. She said the law was enacted by the state legislature. It did not grant the board a policy-making role with this law. End quote. So, uh, progressive politicians are making decisions about what to teach your children in schools which cannot be challenged. In this case, yes. And in California, no opt-out. That's right. So hopefully you've been praying for America's children, praying for the schools, the teachers. There are Christian teachers. Their hands are tied. Their, their lips are zipped and sealed when it comes to religious freedom and Christianity and speaking anything about their faith. But we know they're in there. Pray for Christian teachers and parents to fight back, parents who disagree with this, um, because this is just the tip of the iceberg is where they're going based on the radical sex education and perversion that's already been in our public schools for decades. So let me wrap this up before we take a break. Prayer is good because we're going to get to a lot of headlines coming up next. This is a, the news segment coming up. A lot of headlines we're going to touch on. Prayer is good, but action is also good. You can opt out by homeschooling. <laughs> but what does the Bible say about history? Well, the scriptures have been proven by archaeology, science, secular historians to be accurate, reliable, and true. Uh, there's so much evidence, for example, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but you're not going to have a teacher touch that. The teachers will not be opening up a Bible anytime soon in 95% of the public schools in America. So once again, Christians are the ones left out. This is a religious freedom issue. I'm not saying 
we need to push a theocracy and force people to believe. You can't force anybody to believe anything. But you should be able to teach both sides different views, but that's not happening in the public schools in America. So it's time to speak up, get involved, try to slow down this, what some of us would call madness. So a lot of articles and news headlines to get to when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, we're talking headlines and news items today, but one more uh, quote that I want to share with you from an article um, on how parents in New Jersey were trying to challenge the radical LGBT curriculum. Um, this was after her son got out of school, and uh, he was 19. He attended Rutgers University at that time, and... Um, Lopez. I don't. I'm looking for his first name. Um, okay, Crystal was his mom. She asked counselors at the college at Rutgers to help her son identify his male biology because he was confused. But a New Jersey law against conversion therapy prevented counselors from giving her son the help he needed. And she says, "Quote: Gender ideology has brainwashed my son and erased his childhood." My son now thinks he is really a girl. The curriculum that is being implemented is really harmful and is meant to confuse our children. End quote. The Garden, Garden State Equality is the group that uh, claims 150,000 members in New Jersey. Um, presents details of the LGBT curriculum on its website. Says they're working to advance a, a uh, an agenda and... The people uh, opposition would say they undermine the constitution, constitutional rights of parents. I would agree, based on what we heard from Alex Newman, based on what we just read in this other article, what's happening in California, in New Jersey, yes, they are undermining the constitutional rights of parents. Crash, I want to bring you in on this conversation because uh, a recent uh, law or policy just went into place in Appleton, Wisconsin. Correct. Where they're, they met uh, early this week to ban con- so-called, quote, conversion therapy. And... This young parent as one example here of what can happen when they're not willing to help you because again it's against the law i guess i, I I'm still researching it because uh I posted it on my personal facebook page uh when i when I first heard about it um and uh, it's interesting watching the comments how um parents are looking right now are looking for workarounds. Because, I mean, like, can you go to jail for saying something about it? And Eventually. It's, it'll, it'll be under hate speech. Because it's 14 to 1. 14 to 1. Vote. Only one person that, voted against it. That is surprising. It is. That it's not a little bit more is balanced. here in Appleton. Yeah, well, you know, Appleton is very liberal. We know Lawrence University, very extremely liberal colleges there. They're, they've been pushing the LGBT agenda for at least a decade or more, and now they're getting into some policies and, and laws. So this banning conversion therapy, um, we've been talking a little bit about this, but the danger here is there are some kids that – do not have their mind made up, and it is, it's not, it's like conversion therapy. You think that someone is being forced to convert to Christianity. That's not what this is about. We're just helping them come to terms with their own gender, whether they are biological male or female, and if they are, if they're struggling with um, homosexual attraction or you know anything like that. The conversion therapy, I, I don't even like that word because you're, it's counseling that says, here, let me help you. And, you know, we know that God can change anybody. God can, can change a human heart. He can help anybody. But if we are now passing laws that say you can't even bring God up, creation, or the, the, so we are endorsing homosexuality, the behavior of including you know, same-sex marriage, everything else, we are endorsing that by saying, we can't counsel kids against what they seem well, to be Well, again, this is to minors. Remember, 18 right, in, and younger. In this context, yes. In Appleton. And I was thinking before I got saved, before I was born again, I, I suffered greatly from uh, anxiety and depression, and I feared I was bipolar, and I was going through therapy in Appleton at the time. And I can't imagine, as a kid, 
dealing with this. And um, I'm trying to get to the root. And we're always trying to get to the root of the problem, which, of course, is sin. We know that. But when uh, when you're going to counseling, and I'll say secular counseling, and they can obviously see what the challenge is. And if one of those challenges is part of my um, struggles and my anxiety is I'm not even sure of my gender. I'm confused about that. Mm. And they can't even address that. It's amazing. We've got to, we're going to have to we've got to work on something else, even though you can actually see it or they're talking about right. it. And they're going, we can't address that as uh, for a child. That would be more. And uh, like you said, I don't like that word conversion therapy. Let's let's put a name on it so we can so we can ban, ban it. Yeah, uh, the article says City of Appleton bans conversion therapy for minors. Now, just to be clear, the ban prohibits any licensed medical or mental health professional from engaging in what they're calling conversion therapy with any person under eighteen years of age, and it's therapy that seeks to change someone's sexual orientation or gender identity meaning if you're gay or lesbian that's your orientation they don't want to change that if you're identifying as the opposite sex uh, uh, the opposite of your biological sex that's gender identity you identify with they don't want to change that either so that's what this is all about i just want to share with you um, an email i received yesterday um um, I'll keep – I won't mention her name. I read your article regarding LGBT history being taught in school. It was very informative and thought-provoking. I substitute in public schools. If I had children who were school age, I would do everything in my power to keep them out of public school. They are being indoctrinated, and it has been happening for a very long time. Bill Ayers, a communist, has written much of the curriculum used in public school. Parents, even politicians, cannot change our public schools. Abortion, gender, diversity, climate change, the Muslim religion are all being promoted. This is from a substitute teacher, and I've heard from other teachers in confidence. And last year... um uh, my wife and I were visiting with several of uh, uh, principals and teachers from middle schools in our area, and when we'd address that with them, they would just look at us. And some of those that we spoke to last year have actually left, left, left the uh, their occupations. Wow! So it was almost like that's what it comes uh, to. We, we're, we're not going to be able to talk to you about it because we're doing something about it ourselves. As far and and that, and sadly, that's not the answer. Uh, I mean, I know that takes care of their problem and their yep. struggles, but it doesn't fix the problem that's left behind. And uh, I know you get those. We get a lot of emails like that, actually, from teachers and substitute teachers and people in the in, in the system. In education, yeah. So pray for them. Pray for them. It's, it's not going to get any better. A um, couple of headlines here. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Trump invited United States students that endured religious discrimination – uh, to the White House to tell their stories. Um, this happened, I guess, uh, Thursday, um, as he presented a plan for his administration to protect religious freedom in public schools. Didn't the Obama administration do any of this? You know, I, I'm so frustrated <laughs> that uh, there are still Christians that would con- they're loyal to President Obama and the Democrats, and and it just doesn't seem like they're they have our best interests at heart as, as believers wanting religious freedom in public were that, schools. Were the, were the visitors all Christian, or was it from other religions, um, like uh, uh, Islam? Well, focused on prayer in public schools and being okay. able to yeah. Right. So um, let's go on to the next one. South Dakota. I think we mentioned this. South Dakota lawmakers introduced a bill outlawing gender reassignment procedures on minors. And I think we did this last week. We made the point that it's come to this now. These things are already happening. What you've got to do is use legislation to fight back. So good for South Dakota. Uh, Another uh, article, 40 faculty members are demanding an apology from Canadian University. Why? They hosted a screening of the pro-life film Unplanned. So they're demanding an apology. Uh, Talk about tolerance. Um, a conservative columnist at the Denver Post was fired after writing that there are only two sexes. 
Really? Obviously, he was fired. So that's all these issues of tolerance now from the left and from academia. How about this one? Um, Supreme Court takes up Obamacare abortion contraceptive mandate. That's a good thing. They agree to take up this um, uh, mandate in a case that will determine if a Trump administration rule granting religious exemptions to the mandate was proper. Because the lower courts ruled against Trump. Right. So, did you, again, the idea of religious freedom um, under the Obama administration, it was night and day from what we're seeing now, from what the Trump administration is doing. Um, finally, there's a tel- televangelist that, uh, after preaching about the end times for more than three decades, he's now with the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. You've heard of him? Yep. Jack Van Impey. Yeah, yeah. He went to be with the Lord. I guess just uh, he was eighty-eight years old. Jack Van Impey presents. Yeah. Um, uh, did you ever watch him? Nope. Oh. I mean, I, I think some of his videos, yes, but not uh, not regular, Man, he regularly. he was a walking Bible. He speak. He f- talked about the Antichrist, New World Order. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's interesting that a lot of these uh, men of God uh, move on. It reminds us. Hey, we have a limited time here to do the work that God has called us to do. And I think of Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. One more thing, uh, two more. Um, Florida students hold their first pro-life club. Listen to this. Florida students at a Florida high school will hold their first pro-life club meeting. What? Their very first one? Why? After the school lifts a ban on the group. So this pro-life group was banned, and they weren't allowed to meet in using school facilities. Uh, again, we're seeing intolerance from the left, and, and from in this case, the pro-abortion, pro-choice club. Um, so they finally, this pro-life club can meet. I highlighted that because it's, oh, well, great, a pro-life club can meet. But they were banned. I wonder how that got lifted. Um, I, I don't have time to get into the article, but uh, we're grateful that it has. It's Gulf Coast High School, if you guys want to look that up. Uh, well, finally, Kansas City Chiefs CEO gave glory to God when he accepted the Lamar Hunt trophy after the AFC Championship game. I don't know if you heard about it, yep. but uh, Clark Hunt uh, gave praise to the Lord. And he, in another article I saw, he uh, wants to identify his identity is in Christ, he said. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, they're heading to the Super Bowl, so congrats to the Chiefs after 50 years. Uh, when we come back we'll wrap up today's show and talk about the guests coming up next week stand up for the truth a ministry of lakeshore communications incorporated keep the discussion going on social media stand up wi on facebook and twitter now we wrap up today's stand up for the truth all right, Monday we have Pastor Jeff Sowald of Calvary Chapel, Madison. We're going to talk about sticking to that, those spiritual disciplines for 2020. And also Dave Wager is back with Crash on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday we're up in there deciding uh, what subject to talk about, but we are going to get to, by the, by the end of next week, um, sex trafficking at the Super Bowl. We have to address that next week. Also, the fall away from Christianity by uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We're going to discuss that in detail next week. Tony Garule from Radical Truth will be on Thursday. And Laura Perry, former transgender, now transformed by Christ, she's our guest next Friday. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.